This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 647 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, The Murdoch Method, and Total Saddle Fit. On tonight's USDF episode, we'll be joined by outgoing USDF President Lisa Goretta. After that, we have Beth Hayes back on to discuss some style tips. Wendy will come on to update us on her business, and Reese and I have a great trainer tip for you. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's been really warm here for December, so uh, just really kind of strange weather going around everywhere. And, you know, I wanted to just give my support to all the people in Kentucky who were affected yeah. by the tornadoes, yeah. and it's... Uh, um, you know, they, they weren't where you are, but, uh, that's right. They, 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 and, and I, I had so many people reach out and it was so kind. Um, and, and if people want to have more information and want to donate, please feel free to send me an email at reset horse radio network.com. I have a very good friend. That's the executive director of the Kentucky horse council. Also the red cross are doing a lot. There have been some, you know, obviously some scams that are going through, but I can help send you to the right places for help. It's, it's tragic. And, uh, thankfully it was about two hours from where my home was. I I'm here in Florida. So my horses, uh, the competition horses with, with me, I have horses that are at home. Uh, we had very, very bad winds. My mom actually said they were the, the worst winds she's ever experienced in her life. So it was a really bad storm, even where I was, but if you do want more information, again, the Kentucky Horse Council is a great place to donate. Um, they will take care of your money and make sure it gets to the right people. So um, truly my heart reaches out. I, as everybody knows, if you know me, I'm a very proud Kentuckian and uh, we have a wonderful state. So we will take care of everyone there and uh, help them rebuild and, and get what they need. But right now it's the holiday season. So we want to make sure that we get everything we need. So yeah, it's it's uh, been hard to watch, but um, Phil, on, on a different note, um, it is the week before Christmas. The show is going to come out literally a week before Christmas, and I was wondering, what are you and Meredith doing for the holidays? Um, I think we're just going to uh, hunker down a little bit. There's been some bad sort of COVID news coming around, so uh, we're going to spend it with uh, our immediate family. You know, mine is is about three hours away, so we're going to go and and we're driving there this weekend, and then uh, then we'll come back. And then uh, Meredith is busy working, so that's a little bit crazy. You know, this this time of year is really hard on veterinarians, especially because for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them is that dogs are eating holiday treats. You know, so oh uh, yeah, you don't even think about that. Well, oh yeah. yes. We do because she comes home and it's like, oh, and another dog and chocolate or another dog <sighs> and whatever. So, yeah, she's I seeing got- a lot of a lot of pets and and stressed out owners and and that's uh that's that's a tough time on veterinarians. So, you know, give your veterinarian some love. You know, they're they're feeling very stressed at the moment, and so she's she'll be working right up to um, mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. She's got a shift on at Christmas Eve and and mm. and all that, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll visit with her parents and, you know, keep it quiet and, and yeah. you know, well, I think love, love ones only. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's very true. I love it. Well, uh, we're going to be very quiet here. I'm, I'm actually on chore duty. So, uh, I actually don't mind Christmas chore duty with the horses. So I have them, you know, uh, my, my wonderful assistant Lily is heading home for the holidays. So, uh, I'm going to be loving on the horses. So I actually really enjoy that. And so it's a quiet day around here. We'll turn out and, and do, do the necessary chores. And, and my husband will be down here, which will be great. And, um, and Travis, you know, he'll, he'll arrive. Uh, so he'll play with the puppy because it's our puppy's first Christmas. So that's really fun, Winston. 
And uh, I, I have also some good friends here uh, and uh, Gerilyn and Joe, they always, it, it, it's now a tradition. I go there on Christmas Eve when I'm, I'm here in, in Florida, which is nice. So it's nice to have, you know, good friends where you get to go and it's not home, but uh, it's nice that they include me in their family and, and we've started some fun little traditions. So uh, I'm looking forward to a quiet one. And then um, my parents are actually coming down around New Year's. So it should be a really, you know, kind of a nice little break before season really, really gets started. So we're, we're finally in routine down here. It takes a couple of weeks to get the horses here and settled and everything unpacked. So I'm looking forward to that. So it should be a good, good holiday. And um, we're wishing everyone a great holiday season. And I think just remember, take a deep breath. I, I went, I actually did some Christmas shopping yesterday. I'm done. I'm not going back there. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have what I need, I'm not going. I, I had a little break in, in time. And so I went to them all and I won't be doing that again. It was really stressful. So I thought, oh yeah, I'm not going to do this. So uh, there's a couple of local businesses here that I'm going to support for the rest of the season. So, uh, which is good. So uh, we wish you all a very happy, happy Christmas. And um, we've got a great show for you. So we're going to um, have a couple commercial breaks, especially from some of our great partners, Kentucky Performance Products. And uh, we will be back with you in a few minutes. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Lisa Garetta. She is the current USDF president, but she will be literally handing the reins over to George Williams in a couple weeks. And we are so excited to have you on the show, Lisa. Welcome back. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to do this as my last uh, broadcast as USDF president. I know. Well, don't you worry. We are going to get you. Well, we will still have you on the show. You're so good at this now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we wanted to kind of, you know, touch base uh, and do sort of a convention wrap up. You know, what happened? You know, how did the virtual convention go? And, and, and obviously there was some business with the new president and the new board. So we wanted to just jump right in. Well, it's certainly been an interesting fall. We normally try to schedule a little more time between the U.S. Dressage Finals and the convention, uh, especially when we decide sort of at the last minute that we're not going to be actually going to the place to meet, uh, but doing it virtually for the second time. But I thought it actually went very well. Um, actually, if you're doing a virtual convention the second time around, other than for staff, uh, it really was easier for all the volunteers. So I was very pleased with it this year. 
Yeah. I think everybody sort of knows the ropes on it and knows how it goes. Um, and and it is, bit, yeah. yeah, it was a little easier this year. So, you know, tell us kind of some business that happened that, um, I have to be honest, I wasn't able to get on as many calls as, as I normally do. Um, so kind of give us some, some idea of what happened with the business of USDF during the convention. Well, we rearranged it slightly from last year and had all of our council meetings live, which I think went very well and allowed for better give and take from um, people in the audience of the webinar and had better questions that way. So that was kind of exciting. And uh, it was, of course, uh, the thing that made me most nervous for the Federation, just because I'm so used to doing it the nice, normal way, sitting in the Board of Governors meeting. But electing a new president was... uh, that's a little gut-wrenching uh, <laughs> for uh, the virtual uh, plan, but actually it went very well. Staff was staff was on it. The Board of Governors delegates had, for the most part, a little, because we have a lot of repeat people, they had a little better idea as to how the whole voting portal was going to work, but uh, they had several opportunities to go over that, and they had opportunities to listen to the planned presidential candidates who had logged in for the race earlier in the year and we had a good opportunity for them to go to the regional meetings and have a meet the candidates webinar. So that was, that was very good. It was a little exciting because we did of course have a nomination from the floor. And that's one of the things of our governance is you, you can in fact do that and you don't have to be a delegate to nominate someone. You just have to be a member to delegate to uh, nominate someone. So George Williams, my predecessor and president for nine years was nominated from the floor of Board of Governors. So that was um, a first for us, but it went smoothly. Um, I think it went well. George certainly um, can practically step right into the saddle if I'm giving him the reins. We might as well continue with the metaphor. Yes, keep going with it. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, George has been perhaps out of what's been happening at the board level, but has never lost touch with what's happening, uh, both as as youth coach. And um, I'd given him uh, several projects to work on, uh, both in his first year as past president and uh, for the other two. So he's been working on the certified instructors program and, and helping us quite a bit with oh, everything that has been going on from um, signing our, our operating agreement with U.S. Equestrian, which we did my first year, and then we went on into Safe Sport, and everybody learned about Safe Sport, and then of course uh, my my two favorite years, twenty and twenty one, the COVID pandemic. So he's he's ready to come back in, and I think that's great. I think it will be um, super helpful for my vice president Kevin Reining from California, who I had to kind of spring it on him uh, last spring when I said I've I've looked at it and I really cannot. Uh, and do another term, although that was my original plan. So I think this is, in the end, the best thing for the Federation. It's the best thing for additional training and acclimation for Kevin. So I'm planning on spending my my one year on the board as past president, which we always do for USDF, um, doing whatever it is that I can do to help George get back in the swing and, and help the board as well. I love it. I love it. So, you know, obviously the nominations and and the board went well and getting a new president, but what were some other things that happened at convention that were sort of noteworthy that people should know about? Well, I think um, one of our more popular uh, forums was the uh, Open Rules Forum and Trending Topics for Dressage, which uh, always pulls a lot of people when we are in person, but it was really one of the best attended, probably because everyone was looking forward to the now already in effect uh, new DR120, which is the entire rule for dressage for national competition. So we had lots of questions and lots of opportunity to um, talk about whether people were going to stay with their traditional attire, of which there will be many and whether they were going to branch out and and find their new fashion sense and be able to wear whatever coat color they want and pretty much whatever reach color they want, as long as they're not too bright and the coats are one color. So that that generated a lot. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, at least we didn't use conservative. We think we saved conservative for a couple other places. We tried. Favorite yeah. word rules, yes. Being on that task force, I know you you worked with it a lot, but so that yeah. was a big one. 
And of course, um, I wasn't positive that it would translate well to the virtual convention, but I certainly hoped it did because we'd spent a lot of time working on um, the opportunity for recognition of our Tokyo athletes. Um, The dressage team, the para-dressage team, both came out full force, which was great. And we had a wonderful uh, opportunity to talk with them for an hour uh, before the gala. And they had lots of questions. It was really, I think, probably the first time um, that everyone had seen all of the, the team together and had an opportunity to congratulate them on their fantastic silver medal. And it was really great to have all of our para riders and, and their support people because I think it was really the first time that really everyone had been able to be in the same um, intergalactic proverbial room together mm-hmm. um, and get good questions and meet everybody. So I, I thought that was fantastic. That was one of the most exciting events that we had. And of course, you know, the elections were not all quiet. We had a new Region 8 director elected. Helen's going to be a great addition to the board. And, and Deborah Reinhardt is stepping down after three terms. And our our other two and four, six and eight, even numbered regions were all electing officers. So two and four were reelected, uh, Debbie Savage and, and Sushko by acclamation. And then uh, for Region 6, we had two candidates for that. And I, you know, and multiple candidate races are always a combination of challenging and exciting. I like to see new blood. I like to not lose old people. Everybody contributes for their region and nationally. And it's it's always, particularly in the COVID environment, uh, an opportunity to meet with a lot and, and discuss a lot of national things. But in Region 6, we had two candidates and we eventually... Um, said farewell to Peter Rothschild, although I'm sure that he will stay involved because he's on a couple of committees. Um, and as far as I know, he's not planning on leaving those. And we welcome in January a new Region 6 director, Noah. And he will be, I think, a good addition to the board as well. Great, great. So, Lisa, are, are these meetings and maybe the speakers and, and the and and the Tokyo people, is that still all online? You know, was it posted? Can people, you know, go on and watch or, you know, how do they get information about all, all of the goings on at, uh, at convention? Well, I always hope, particularly in a Zoom year, that we'll have, you know, 30% of the membership, but uh, it, it actually doesn't come out to that. So, yes, we do over time. It, it takes a little while to get everything reorganized and, and repackaged out of their day segments. Uh, but then, yes, we do have plenty of opportunities for the membership as the programs are released. They'll probably start uh, maybe the second week of January, and then every couple of weeks they'll put a new one out there and it's most many of them that are are particular to members are behind the member wall but we always do some um, open ones that are available on the usdf website at usdf.org oh fantastic and, and lisa you were talking about the rules forum you and i do do a lot of, of work on those where was there I anything know you else love in, being in the rules working group i know <laughs> hey, actually, i like it um but uh, there there were uh, some other rules anything highlighting that people should be aware of if they didn't make that forum Oh, geez, I've been so involved in clothing, it's hard to think of anything else. But uh, <laughs> we did introduce the new certificate of capability for CDI riders um, who will have to prove their medal before they um, can enter their first CDI and have, uh, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong because it's not in front of me. And usually I don't like to talk about rules unless it's right in front of me because that's how TDs are. Uh, but I believe it's a 64 for the small tour. Uh, so that will be, it is uh, on the website. I'm also, I'm with you. I, I don't know the exact percentage, but that is yeah. an update that you have to prove your capability. It's true. Like, for example, if you're already riding CDIs, I think you're grandfathered in at this point, or you wrote a CDI and uh, if, if, we, yes, if you wrote one before. And, and the thing to make sure that we explain is that it is not for FEI level tests. It is for actual FEI competition CDI. So unless you're entering a CDI, this has absolutely no um, application to you unless you want to go and ride in the CBI. And of course, that's not a rule change, but I'll mention the program is um, now we've have introduced, it was a program that was thought up by the awards committee and was approved by the Board of Governors to do our USDF rider medals, but now you can get a rider medal of distinction. Nothing changes in the, in the medal program of bronze, silver, and gold, but you can get your 
medals of distinction if your percentages historically or going forward are 67% or better. And we also introduced the new um, diamond achievement, which is for riders who have accomplished the um, arduous task of getting all three of their rider medals and all three of their freestyle bars. Yeah, I think that, that I think there's a current congratulations to Reese on 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 uh, on that diamond medal. I think. Thank you, think thank so. you, Phil. Thank you, Phil and Lisa. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah, that one that one's a tough one. That one's a that one's a really big one to work for, and and it, that one takes a long time to get, and takes a lot of people. So I, I'm I'm so thankful USTF has recognized everybody that's done it because it it is a hard one. So that was very kind, and thank you. I'm I'm glad we did that, and and I love these new distinction. That's cool. Uh, I think we're all going to have to look into that as your scores uh, moving forward. I think that's, uh, you know, again, a great way to to get your medals, but also move forward um, with the scores. And because and our scores are getting higher, which is so cool as a country. I love it. Elise, I have a question for you. What are you going to do next? You have a year as past president, but then what happens? Well, I haven't really shed all of my hats. Um, I'm I'm still the uh, co-chair of the U.S. Equestrian Dressage Committee, and I will continue service um, and, until I'm told not to, probably, uh, for the rules working group and licensed officials education. And uh, apparently, I'm still going to be the chairman of the organizing committee for the U.S. Dressage Finals. So I'm ticking off all of the conference calls I was not going to have, and my list is not quite as long as I had hoped. So it, it will still be... I think I'll probably still be around, but I am hoping that I can actually concentrate on my real job a little bit. I have very, very patient clients, which has been <laughs> wonderful, but you can only do that for so long. Um, and then I think the last thing that I have not done before, but I will start doing in January is uh, Elizabeth Williams has decided to step down as steward general for the United States. So I'm picking up the uh, dressage steward general reins from her on January 1st. And that is a huge one. That is, you're, you're kind of trading one huge job for another she, huge job. Bless she, you. she promised me it would not be anywhere near the time uh, that she's <laughs> been involved in being USDF president. But, you know, I've held every office, I think, in USDF that one can hold um, over the years from from GM delegate to PM delegate and regional director and at-large director and vice president and president. And, you know, none of it happens without the board and absolutely none of it happens without our staff. So they have uh, all been very supportive, but it has been a challenging three years for someone who is still employed. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I have to say. Truly, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine. And then uh, bringing a pandemic and, and I, I just know the calls that you're on. I, I bless you. Like, I really, truly, we all should be so thankful for everyone who holds an office at USDF. It is no joke. It is a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. And and truly, from all of the bottom of our hearts as members, thank you for all you've done and continue to do for the sport. It's unbelievable. So, you know, it's it, I'm, I know I'm going to continue being on some committees with you and I'm going to look forward to it, but we're all going to miss you as president. And we can't thank you enough for doing it from from the show and, and, and on forward. You've just been a just been amazing. So we're going to really miss you for sure. Well, thank you. I'm, you you know, once George steps in, you won't really miss me at all. Um, (laughs) I'm good with that, that. but, uh, it, it has been, uh, an honor to serve. And I think, uh, George will do certainly a great job in the time that he commits to it will be, um, probably more linearly successful than mine because he's done it for so long. So, but well, it's been well, great. I, you know. Yeah, you also dealt with a pandemic. I mean, there's just been so much in the last three years that you've worked with and unprecedented. Yes, and, my and one I think, wish is that the next person does not have to deal with this longer than, oh, let's see, we'll be liberal and say six months. If you know, yes. By six months, if he doesn't have to worry about COVID anymore. I mean, we're just redoing presmods for, you know, it's not over yet, but it's not, yeah, saying, it's not over yet. Right, right no. until December 31st, so. Right, right. Well, Lisa, we can't thank you enough. We're, you know, again, you're you're not going anywhere, and I think you're just an amazing example. And if anyone's interested in governance of USCF, you can see Lisa is such an amazing example. And there are so many jobs for people, and and it's really important. Just like anything, you have to get involved and and get in the trenches and start. And uh, we're so thankful. So, Lisa, we yeah, hope. 
you hope you get, at least get a little break before you're handing over the reins on the 31st for the holidays. And uh, we definitely want you back on the show. We do not give TDs enough love. So I want to, I want to already get on your calendar. Uh, to, That's to right. Do that. TDs and stewards need love. Absolutely. All right. Need love. And well, we need more have, of them. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Find an interest, find a mentor and go for it. I love so, it. All right. Well, well Lisa, thank you and happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays to you as well. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, everybody had a favorite morning drive show in the days we all listened to radio. They were goofy, funny, and entertaining. You can have that again, only this time it focuses on life with horses. We are here every weekday on your podcast player. Search for Horses in the Morning and come join us. We are a little goofy, hopefully funny and entertaining, and you might learn something along the way, too. We are the world's leading daily podcast about horses since 2010, with over 2,600 episodes for you to binge on. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? Pull your phone out of your pocket, blow off the hay, and subscribe to Horses in the Morning. Well, tonight, I am so excited to have Beth Haste of The Horse, of course. She comes on, and she is our style guru. Beth, welcome back to the show. Oh, Reese, thank you so much for having me, because it's really kind of exciting with some of these proposed rule changes and rule changes. Exactly. That is exactly why we called you because they went into effect December 1st. So like yesterday, and we wanted to see what you, first we're going to have you read the rule and then we're going to discuss the rule for everyone. So Beth, I'll just let you take it away. I'd like to start with, it was a, it was an interesting thing. Let me see if I can get back to this one now. When they relaxed the jacket rule because of the weather, it always used to be that you could wear any shirt as long as it had a collar and you opened the collar and you took your stock tie off. Well, that looks like it's changed. What they're saying is if your coats are waved due to the thing, you wear a closed collar, but no polo shirts. And it always used to be that you could wear a polo shirt, but no, they're saying, and a clothes collar is interesting, is what I was reading here, which I thought was interesting, because you used to always have an open collar. So I think that that is a little bit of a difference right there that might catch people a little off guard. In so, in Canada, I, I mean, our, our rules usually follow your rules because... Basically, US, USEF writes them, and then we just adopt them for most things. But they, they require sleeves on the on the shirts if you're Oh, you have to have sleeves. And yeah. here's the thing. It says shirts must be without bold pattern if the jacket is removed. So if jackets or coats are not worn, shirts must be without bold pattern. Uh, ties, chokers, or stock ties may be any color. Well, that right there is a difference because you never wore a stock tie if they relaxed the jacket rule. You always took your stock tie off and opened your collar. So now they're saying stock ties. I don't know if that's if they relaxed the jacket rule. It's not very clear, and I think we need a, a clarification on that. Because it is not clear whether you can wear it uh, with, when they relax the jacket rule. And I understand the bright colors and patterns. So I don't want to see that. So you could still wear navy. You could wear black. You could wear blue. You can wear any nice sedate. And not even not even sedate. But they just don't want bright neon orange or bright neon yellow. Yeah. And, um, and, and patterns and, and logos. Big, think, bright patterns. Logos is, right. Yeah. Logos is one of the things. Right. Is that they, um, I don't see hard. anything about the logos here, but I do know that because there's a lot of colors out there in the way of bright patterns. So I, I, I can understand that. I think it's a little distracting. Yeah. So Beth, what, what would you suggest? Would you still do like a light colored shirt? What would you suggest here? Would you just go with all white? I personally would never recommend white because 98% of the time you're walking around the showgrounds without a coat on. And who wants to look like the moon over Miami? 
<laughs> if you have a nice navy uh, shirt with a white collar or a black shirt with a co- white collar or baby blue or whatever. Pastels. I always like pastels. Nice pastels, pastels are nice. Yeah. Again, I, I just have always felt always like, lovely. Yeah, don't draw attention to yourself in that type of fashion. Exactly. Not a good but idea. I consider navy and black to be mm-hmm. very tasteful. Yeah. And agreed. also pastels, but no neon anything. <laughs> no, no, that's not okay. good. But I, I think it looks really smart to, with a pair of white britches or light colored britches to wear, you know, a contrasting shirt. Yeah. Agreed. So, so let's move forward to the coats. Cause this is where, I mean, we've been on Facebook. This is one of the reasons when I, when I saw you at finals, I'm like, Beth, we have to have you on. We have to talk about sort of <laughs> What's going on with the coats? So can you kind of read the rule and, and where things are? And then and then we'll talk about those. Any single color jacket or tailcoat is permitted, but may have subtle pinstriping, checks, or tweeds. Striped or multicolored jackets or coats are not permitted. Tasteful. And discreet accents, such as a collar of a different hue or modest piping or crystal decorations, are acceptable. This is interesting. Riders competing in level one dressage competitions or in opportunity classes are not required to wear a riding jacket or coat. That makes it very reasonable if somebody is wanting to try things out and get involved. Yes. And they don't that, have to that go was to the exactly the rationale for that one. Yeah, that was right. the rationale for that one. Mm-hmm. Which it was, wants to be welcoming. Right. And it can be daunting for, for you know, someone getting in the sport by the time you do your first entries and, and you know, you, all the things that go to it. And right. then you have to have an outfit that's, right. you know, important. I, I so. think that they, it can be daunting. And I think we want to be more welcoming. Yeah, I've seen it, and again, I'll bring it back to Canada. You know, where where we're showing here, and in the in the lower level competitions, for sure, um, vests are allowed. So a nice tidy. And, and you know, vests kinda... look really nice. They uh, they're yeah, allowed they're here sharp. as well. Yeah, especially if they've relaxed the jacket rule and it's very hot, it's kind of smart to be putting a little vest on. There's another thing they said here in the jackets. It says coats and jackets. A short riding jacket or a cutaway coat, which is a modified tailcoat with short tails, is permitted at any level of competition. A tailcoat is permitted in all classes above fourth level. Okay. So what do you guys so think you- about those tailcoats? Beth, tell us tell us about those. I, I don't know. What do you think about those? <laughs> I, I just thought it was really interesting because I was when I was watching the Olympics, I always feel that you can go to school watching the Olympics and see what everybody is wearing. I felt that pretty much everybody was in a pretty conservative coat. You didn't see anything wild or crazy or except for the Dutch. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, it did that that orange yes. was um that orange. It, it, but it it's that orange. But it's that appropriate for wild. their country, right? I mean, that's their country color. So, so appropriate. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever been at Aachen when the Dutch have yeah. won? Oh, my God. They're running around with orange spray cans. I mean, <laughs> nothing is sacred. They're <laughs> having such a good time. I, I was, uh, yeah. I, the big orange wigs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was in Kentucky with the when the Dutch won there, too. And that yeah. was 2010. So, yeah. Right. I mean. I lived in Holland, so I've I've experienced all the, all the Dutchness. Yeah, it's right. very Dutch. Right. And in the Irish, they compete in a in a, a very dark green coat, and it's beautiful. Yes, it is a beautiful, is beautiful. color. Mm-hmm. So I I've think it can be done well. Recently, in um, navy and not a quite a Kelly, but a little off Kelly with the navy, and oh my God, mm. is that beautiful? Oh. I could see right. it. Yes. It's, yeah, so it's very subtle, but it's different. When do we take this to where you shouldn't do it? Now, Philip and I, and Beth can tell you, I'm, I'm, we're pretty s- traditional in our coats. So I'm yes. not, I, this is why 
you know, I, I, I tend to lean on the traditional. My sister leaned a little bit more fashion forward. But when, Beth, does it take the wrong turn? When, when well, do you say, oh, remember no. that one of the words they just put in here was tasteful. I thought that was kind of funny because so, it, it's uh, sort of, it's an arbitrary, object- mm-hmm. yeah, subjective <laughs> turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. But this is my take on it. If you're a great writer and you're going in and you know that you're just going to pretty much nail it, I think you can get away with a lot more coming into mm-hmm. the ring than you can if you're, you know, more amateur, you're not quite sure if you're going to nail it all, but you're hoping for a good score. I don't think you should give the judge the impression that you're better than you are. And I think everybody should think about that and make sure that they're not giving a false impression because if they didn't do as well, they might get dinged a little bit harder because the judge said to themselves, oh, wow, this is going to be a great ride as a person comes in all blinged and whatever and sparkling and, you know, I think that maybe we should be a little bit understated if we're not quite at the point of coming in and just wowing the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I agree. You know, that, that makes, that makes sense. I mean, you don't want to make a statement if you can't also make a statement with the riding. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Everybody could have a bad day, but in general, I think that uh, there's a respect for the judge And I think there's, you know, when you come in looking really smart and really well put together and the horse is really groomed well, and you come in and the judge is like, oh boy, this is a nice looking pair. And then I think they might be a little bit understanding if you're not perfect and whatever. But I think when you come in very bold, I think that you're setting, you might set yourself up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I think you have to be really careful. You know, again, there's some some people in our area here with they I think they're trying to be cool and fashion forward. Right. But they're very sometimes it's distracting, like not in a good way. And um I think I think you do have to be careful with that. Yeah. I think well, you I be careful see with- all my people get the best score they can. And I yeah. don't want them to shoot themselves in the foot at all. And, and I think that you, you to me can. is so important. Oh, burgundy. I've seen like a maroon burgundy, mm-hmm. which is also really quite oh. nice. Burgundy is beautiful. Yeah. Gray Sorry. is beautiful. Gray's very ideas. Yeah. You know, in some in brown. Black. Yeah. I've and seen some brown. brown. I think is making a comeback. It's trying yeah. really hard. It's and trying it really hard. Some people good. look lovely. Oh, it does. It's very nice on the skin tones, and it pretty much, if it's the right color brown, will go with every single color horse. And that's another thing to think about. You know, you're not you're riding one horse today. Now if you're one of the lucky people and you're a professional that does this and you've got many, many tailcoats in your closet, that's a different thing. But if you're buying a tailcoat and you're not going to be buying a new tailcoat for every single horse you're riding, then you have to think about, hey, I want a really great coat. I wanted to wash well. I wanted to hold up. I wanted to look this good two or three years from now. But I also want to be able to wear it if I change horses or taking a new horse in that I'm riding or things change in life. So buying it just specifically for one color horse sometimes can be problematic unless you're a professional. Yeah, and I think that that's important to remember. If you pick, do a whole outfit, just remember that in a way. Some people don't care, and they really right. want to look beautiful on their horse and, and respect. And I think that's fantastic. And I'm happy to help him with it. Yeah, exactly. Can also... We can help you with it. So the other <laughs> thing I I think is is challenging. I've seen, and I think Beth, you and I have talked about it. I would be very careful about any sort of white piping down your back because whoo. It will show any crookedness. Absolutely. And it doesn't even have to be white. 
it could be any color that's not the color of the coat. Yeah, if you're doing if you're doing a pinstripe up. idea, yeah. Yep, yeah. and but so. there's also coats, a lot of coats out now that actually follow from the shoulder, and it follows the um, the dart, and follows it all the way down. And I mean, let's face it; it's gonna it's gonna make it a lot more obvious if you're not sitting square in the saddle. If the horse is kind of shifting you over a little bit, it, it's gonna show that up. So you have to think about that when you do it. I try to recommend that to people to think about it. I always ask them, so is this the first time you're doing FEI? Is, you know, trying to get an idea of where they're at and try to help them with a better decision. Yeah, I love that because it's so true. And and Beth has always always done my coats and always done a beautiful job. And there are questions you want, if you're ordering, you want to ask someone who knows and who's done this a long time because, you know, Beth can say, Ooh, in the light, you don't want to do that. Or, or, you know, this is going to actually really help make you look thinner or whatever, you know, like, I think that's really important to know that and, and, and pick it. But I think as we move forward and, and I, I mean, I think people should enjoy and feel fun and, and enjoy their new outfits and enjoy, you know, I, I again, most, most people that are riding in the sport are doing it for fun there should be fun, but you, you definitely have to be careful. You don't tilt it the other way because then it's, then you look silly and you don't look silly. I, I want to help them look the absolute best they can. I want them to have a coat that fits. That's another thing. The biggest problem with coats is the neck to waist measurement. That's what gets most people in trouble in, in selecting a coat because you've got, it's got to fit. And if it doesn't, it, you, no matter what you do, it's not going to look good. I don't care what you do to it. So it's so important to ha- get someone to help you with the fitting of the coat. To me, that is like beginning and end of the coat. And it can't be too tight because if it's too tight and it's too long from your neck to your waist, it's going to wrinkle up when you sit on the horse and it's not going to be elegant. And I think we want to look elegant. Yes, I I would agree with that for sure. So so Beth, how can people if if they want to come and see you and contact you and get some advice on their new coats and their new looks for 2022? How can they do that? Well, I'll be in Wellington at uh, Global Dressage Festival for the uh, winter season, and I'll be there December through. Um, probably April this year, now that we have a little different in the rules on on horse showing. And then we also have a new store in Wellington, and that's at 3460 Fairlane Farms Road, and that will be opening December 15th. And that will be there all year round. So that's going to be fun as well. And then if somebody wants to contact me and they're not going to be down there, I'm up in New York in Saugerties at all the shows there for the summer. And they can always send me a picture. They can contact me on email. I answer all questions. And you're the best. So how? what's your email, Beth? Beth at thehorseofcourse.com. Fantastic. And how can we find you, The Horse of Course, online? Thehorseofcourse.com. Thanks, Beth. As always, and, we so and, appreciate it. And I appreciate you as well. And it's always fun to be on the radio with you. With classic elegance and unbeatable quality, it's clear why Arena Saddles are the premier choice for every discerning dressage rider. The comfort and style of a beautifully crafted Arena Dressage saddle will help you and your horse move together in perfect harmony while you're competing or training for the dressage ring. You'll enjoy unmatched close contact that will enable you and your horse to perform in rhythmic unison and catch any judge's eye. When you experience the ultra-soft seats and knee inserts, a perfectly balanced seat, customizable rider support, and extra protective cushioning, you'll see why Arena Saddles are known for their beauty, comfort, and practicality. Priced at just $1,599, the Arena Dressage Saddle is the saddle for you. Visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available and find a retailer near you. 
Well, for this month's edition of The Murdoch Method, we have Wendy Murdoch. We always love when she's on the show. Wendy, welcome back. Thanks. It's it's always so much fun talking to you guys because I feel like, you know, aside from before we ever start the program, it's just great to yak with you. And you're always so upbeat and positive. And, um, you know, like it's, there's been some challenges this month that we're going to talk about, but you guys make it fun. <laughs> yes. You know, it's it, it, one of the things that people probably don't recognize when we, when we do this show is that we record on Thursday nights and when we have guests that come on, you know, at least once a month, it's so fun for us to just chat. All four of us, Paul is included because he's our producer. We all chat and catch up and it really is a family and, you know, you are dealing with some challenges right now. And, and I think, um, you know, we as a team, for sure, Paul, Philip, and I, you know, on a, as a weekly, we it, it, there have been challenges in the last couple of years and, and to get on and, and touch base is so nice. So tell us, Wendy, I mean, you as a small business owner have been having some supply chain issues and, and we wanted to, to talk about it because it's a real thing. Yeah. And you know what, it, as we talked about that before the show started, um, I'm not the only one. And we know that there's a, a lot of other small businesses that are struggling right now. And it's it's so great that my customers uh, are patient. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate them because, you know, I, I get their orders and I look and I, and I fill what I can. And right now we're in a supply chain problem because, and I'll tell you the story. So 3M makes the glue that we make Surefoot pads with. And in July... We ran out of 3M glue, and we're still not sure why 3M stopped making it. But there was that freeze down in Texas in the springtime, and one of the guesses, and this is all guesses, but one of the guesses is that you know if if it, if the, they lose power, that glue that's in the pipes it sets up, and so now all your pipes have to be replaced. And we don't know if that's the problem, but it's certainly a possibility. And the other one is just simply the supply chain problems that. If there's an ingredient that they need to make that glue and it hasn't been brought on shore yet because of the whole shipping problem, they can't make the glue. So we don't really know why 3M is has not made any glue and they haven't told us and they promised us in September. So I thought, okay, I'll be fine. Uh, and then it was October and then it was November. And so at that point, I have to really thank my husband, Brad, because Brad is part of my small business. And if anybody's ever dealt with us, and called, they probably have talked to Brad. And he is an engineer, and he's actually responsible for the Surefoot pads in the first place because he's the one who found our our factory, our manufacturer, and, and, and we engineered and designed them together. And by the way, it turns out my process patent is going to get approved. So I have a pro oh. it's six years. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's good news. Oh, that's right? cool. That's really awesome. good news. Congratulations. That's yeah. a big deal. It's a huge deal. So it's it's approved, but I don't have the final thing yet. But basically I have a patent on putting an animal on an unstable surface. So um, so that's really exciting. So Brad's been integral and he's he's literally right now driving to our factory to pick up product because they have it ready and I knew UPS would take too long. So he's literally driving up there to pick up product to bring it home this weekend so I can ship out some of the orders. And like I said, my, my customers have been so amazing because I try to keep them updated. I just feel it's really important to let them know what's going on as best I can. And once in a while, I miss somebody and I'm sorry if I missed you, um, but just to let them know because... This supply chain problem isn't just me. I'm just a tiny little dot in the ocean when it comes to the supply chain problems. And I'm sure everybody's feeling it. And when I was at AAP, that was one of the conversations. It's like, oh, do you have any product? No, I don't have any product. Do you have any? No. I, some vendors didn't come. And I'm sure it's because of supply chain problems. But um, but we did go to AAP, which is the American Association of Equine Practitioners. That's their convention. It was held in Nashville this year. And um, you know, there was the whole thing of whether or not it, we'd do it in person and whether we'd go and that whole drama. But we did go and um, and we set up and we had our booth with Surefoot pads. And, you know, one of the things that was really a great thing that came out of it is in 2019, I went there. And I think I talked about it on your show. But in 2019, I went to AAP for the first time. And, and it was like, you know, my friend brought vets over and explained to them she was a vet and explained the product and stuff. But this time we had people walk by the booth and stop and tell their friends what we were. And that was probably about 30% of the people knew what Surefoot was, which actually is amazing. And it's so fantastic. And, you know, it's really, it's helping a lot of horses. And that's really the 
the thing that, you know, my Christmas gift is all the horses that we've been helping with Surefoot. It's just really, really well, cool. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a watershed moment when you've got your booth there, you're set up, you're ready to explain. And then, you know, people who already know are explaining to the other people who don't know. And then you can just sit back and, and, yeah, and was, enjoy that. And that's part of the process of, uh, you know, being was, a small business owner and, and, and all of that wonderful stuff that can come out of it. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was so much fun that it's like, like, I remember when that happened at Equitana in 2019, and it was like, okay, I've made it because they're talking in their own language and I can understand a word they're saying, but they're explaining Surefoot. So I'm really ex- excited about that, that, um, you know, that the vets are understanding it. And obviously there's, there's still quite a few that hadn't heard about Surefoot, but we always put them on the pads. It's really fun. We have them all set out and and we just, the first thing I do is get them to stand on them and they do everything the horses do. They start to sway <laughs> and they test and they experiment and they don't, they don't lick and chew and, and, um, and fall asleep the way horses do. But, but I always point out, did you notice you were swaying? And they were like, oh yeah, I am. That's how I understood the surefoot was when we lined them up and I did the sort of the yellow brick road. And I was yeah. like, oh, I get it now. So that makes complete sense on, yep. on that. And um, so, so Wendy, you also have some amazing other products. Uh, the look up glasses. Oh, I'm so what excited is happening? about These are my great glasses. Holiday gifts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Stocking stuffers, fabulous stocking stuffers. And, and, um, I've talked to my friend, we're going to come out in different colors. It, don't, yes. don't expect them just yet, but in this 2022, we're going to come out in five different colors, pink, green, blue, red, and purple. Um, and we're going to translate the tag into German because Equitana is in April and I'm going to nominate them for the innovation award. Um, and hopefully, hopefully I'm going to use Brad's. I'm thinking about using Brad's name because his name is Brad Schneider. Ooh, I like okay. it. I like the strategy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but the look of glasses, I just, I just love it. And um, and so what I did at AAP on the last day, I took a handful and I would walk around to the different vendors and I'd go, "Do you ride?" And they'd go, "Oh yeah, I ride." And I and and everybody does the same thing. At first, they look at them like, "What's this?" Some of them say, "What's this torture?" And then I pull them out of the package and I put them and I go, "Oh!" And then they they're all smiles. And you know what? At these kind of expos, they have pens and they have candy and they have pads and you know. And c- tchotchke stuff but the look up glasses got like big smiles now we're talking now we're talking (laughs) it's a great gift for your trainer friends or your trainers who constantly (laughs) say please look up amazing and i we we always joke because wendy does have multiple methods of torturing people um (laughs) i've been using the franklin balls this week on a student that's a, a fairly new student and she's down here training in florida and we we picked you know the the type that that works the best for her, and uh, it was really cool because I put them on and she was like I, I don't know I don't know about this and she's like oh my god I'm losing the right one and I was like oh uh-huh. <laughs> that is exactly they did exactly what they're supposed to do so uh, the Franklin Ball set is, is an amazing gift for your trainer or your friend or yourself, or uh, yourself. these are all awesome awesome ideas for the holidays and we do have those in stock we're we're missing one of them but it's coming. Um, so, you know, we, the orange ones are the only ones we're missing. So we have all the others in stock. Like so that's those. great. We have plenty those of lookup classes. Yeah. Oh, and, and so it's just, you know, I mean, this is an interesting Christmas because, because of the supply chain problems that so many people are experiencing, but, um, you know, it just means that we, we have to be a little patient. And, um, and like I said, I'm so appreciative of my clients that are, that are patient when I email them and say, I'm sorry, but we, you know, I let everybody know if it's out of stock and then, and tell them roughly when I think it's going to arrive. And like I said, Brad's on his way up to the factory to pick up stuff. They, they closed down between Christmas and new year. So that's, what's going to cause some delay mm-hmm. into January, but you know, they deserve a break too. I mean, sure. Sure. So yeah, um, absolutely. I know. I, I think you're just, I think it's so smart and so right just to say, you know, everybody this Christmas, if it needs to be a, a you know, a, like a, something printed off the website that they're coming, I think we all, if we've learned anything in the last year or two years is, is <laughs> to be a little bit more, I was like, you're oh, wait too, uh, to be a little more flexible, a little bit more kind, patience, patience yeah. you know, understanding all of, those of other people's problems. I, you know, mm-hmm. Wendy, we were just talking to you and you were, you know, you feel as, as a small business owner, personally responsible for every 
product that goes out the door or right now is not going out the door. And so, you know, that, it's, you know, people need to keep supporting small businesses, even though, you know, they're, they're dealing with many challenges and, and just to take a deep breath and, you know, everybody's working really hard to, to, uh, to get you what you need and all of those things. So, uh, Wendy, just before we let you go, are you, uh, you know, what's what's going on for the holidays? We want you to take a break, put your feet up <laughs> yes, for a we couple really of days do. because you're crazy all year. You are so busy. You're amazing. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So I that's what I'm going to usually what I do between Christmas and New Year's is I kind of just take stock and sit back and kind of, you know, take inventory of all the good things that have happened in the previous year and kind of make some plans for the next year. And you know, I mean, I've been working on my on the Surefoot workbook, the first one, and I'm so excited about it because I'm doing all the illustrations. And it's it's I can't tell you how much fun it is because I, I'm I'll tell you, I'm a very good tracer. I'm not a drawer, but I trace. <laughs> so I project the image that I want onto the side of my desk and I put up a piece of paper and I trace it. Um and so it's been really fun working with um my my layout guy and we're feverishly working on the workbook and I'm hoping to have that out in the beginning of January. And I'm just I'm just really excited because I, I love the pictures and my horse is gonna be in there. Um, a drawing on my horse. So, so yeah, we've got lots of good things coming for the new year. And um, we got word that they're going to run the tubs for the hay soaker. Like yes. we've been waiting for them to run the molds. And um, so, so they're going to do that this week, this coming week. Okay. So, so we're really excited about having them the horizon 2022, baby. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, and we'd love it. Well, Wendy, as always, we adore having you on the show having you part of our team. And uh, we wish you the happiest of holidays and we hope you get a little rest. And uh, how can our listeners find you online to support your small business, but also the really cool products that you have? Um, so you can find me at murdochmethod.com and and I formed a Patreon page. So if you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and put in Murdoch Method, um, you can support the webinars with Wendy. It's five dollars a month if you if you get value out of it and you want to support us because we do take a lot of time to bring you great content. And then of course there's articles and videos. And so you can find us at murdochmethod.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We, we're going to continue with the webinars. Um, we're already lining up January guests. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have some exciting, really great guests in January. Um, cool. And we're just going to keep going because the feedback we get from the webinars is how much it's helping people. And that's really the point. And it's, it's, it, I kind of, I feel like it's my give back to the, to the equine community to be able to bring all these great people um, to you, to everybody and, um, and, and give them a taste of other ideas. I love it. Well, Wendy, as always, we adore you and we want to wish you and Brad happy holidays. And we look forward to talking with you in 2022, which is yeah. crazy. Happy New Year. I'm happy like, New I'm Year. I'm really excited about 2022. Okay. I think a lot of people are. <laughs> happy New Year, my friend. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Well, Phil, we always have to thank our listeners for supporting uh, the companies that that support us here on the Dressage Radio Show and and truly one of our greatest sponsors and, and they have amazing equipment is Total Saddle Fit. We love all of their products. You guys hear about it every week on how we use the stability stirrup leathers and we also use the stretch tech girths. We use all of it and uh, we really want to support uh, small businesses, Wendy Murdoch and you know Total Saddle Fit. So um, we hope you can go to their website, totalsaddlefit.com and uh, shop there and get those stirrup leathers ready for 2022 because I'm sure you need to do that. Just saying. Right, Phil? Absolutely. They're a great company. And, and actually, I was just ordering some things online through them. And, and I think they're also dealing with some supply chain issues. So be patient with the small businesses. They're working very hard. You know, they, they take, they take things personally. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, you're, you know, you're going to have to order now and, and get, get your things in January. But uh, I think the, the wait will be totally worth it. Yeah, for sure. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we also have a great Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. So, Phil, I've been coaching down here in, in Florida, and one of the things that is like, we always talk about what are our pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is people not riding 
proper figures. And what do I mean by this? So, well, okay. Um, if, if, if you've ever had a lesson with Reese or you've been around Reese <laughs> teaching a lesson, she just yells geometry. Geometry. But, but maybe, maybe Reese, you could just uh, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about what do you mean when you say geometry? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and, and I have a wonderful student here and she'd probably get a giggle out of the fact that she made the, she made the show, but um, everyone's worried. They're like, please don't make me on the show or put me on the show. But this particular student, and it's not her fault, right? She hasn't been trained. She's a pretty new student into my program. And when you watch her ride and, and you see what she's doing, um, a lot of times she'll turn the horse and she'll want to ride a circle but she doesn't pay attention to the fact that a circle has four circle points, right? So she may start out on the proper, let's say 10 meter mark. And then the next thing you know, she's at an eight meter mark and then she goes back to a 10 and then she goes to a 12 and the horse darts to the inside or falls to the outside. And she's not paying attention to the line in which she is traveling on. And if there's anything to irritate me, so just saying, if you ever have a lesson with me, don't do that. Because what that tells me is the horse isn't on the aids, right? They're not in between or in the box of aids, right? They're falling left, they're falling right, whatever it may be. And some of it is just really paying attention. So I use the analogy, and there's a couple commercials depending on where you are, but you know, follow the green line. There's like it's like a bank commercial, and I'm like, that's it. You know, think that you have a mark coming from your head, you know, your, your helmet, and that's the line in which you're traveling and your horse cannot fall outside of that line and just pay attention. Cause if you really pay attention to it, um, I'm not going to lie. My grand prix horse, Bingy, sometimes he does this, he'll fall. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? That's not the line we're traveling on. And so really paying attention to that mark is incredibly important. So that's my tip is, is don't be, don't be geometry, pay attention to that. And, and when you ride tomorrow or, or as you're, if you're on the way to the barn, think, is my horse actually following the line of travel that I really want him to travel on? Does that make sense, Phil? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're all of us all the time are working on this and, and I think, you know, um, part of it is that you have to have your intention, your intention is to ride a 10 meter circle at E or B. You need to know what are the four points of that 10 meter circle at E or B, not just where it starts and where it ends, but you know, where are you where are you on the circle? Are you mm-hmm. a quarter of the way? Are you hitting the quarter point? Are you hitting, you know, uh, on a 10 meter circle, the halfway point is the center line, so that's um, you know, fairly easy, but but those two quarter points are are very important as well, and then you end up back at the wall because I mean, you, you can't miss it, right? So it's there and the letter's there and, you know, whatever. But, you know, as you're riding around, whether it's a circle, whether it's a leg, you'll, you have to know where you are in space in the arena at all times. And, and you know, uh, let's let's take another example, uh, a leg yield. A leg yield starts, you know, at one letter and ends up at, at another letter. But all the points in between are just as important. So... You know, I remember riding with uh, a coach by the name of John Laster. He's English, and he comes over. He gives uh, some clinics here and there and everywhere. And um, John would spend the morning setting up cones for all the points. Like, yes, yeah. There's oh, hundreds. Like, it would be literally hundreds of cones in the arena. And and then he says, "Okay, now ride this and ride that and ride." That. And it got to be a little bit confusing because of there were so many cones for so many points. But his point is like you got to know where you are and what cones you're trying to hit for each of the figures and movements that he was describing, whether it's 10 meter circle, 15 meter circle, 20 meter circle, you know, kind of gave you some visuals to uh, to to be thinking about, you know, so so the, the the lessons were, you know, just mentally difficult because. You know, with with so many cones around, like you're riding, you know, specific circles at specific points, and 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 you got to know which ones are hitting. But you know, that's what you should be doing, whether there's cones or not. Yeah. Um, you know, just knowing the spots you want to hit at every point uh, of the arena while while you're doing your figures. Otherwise, the figures are yeah, they have a start a start point and an end point. Um, you know, because they're described in the test, but between mm-hmm. that, you're you're all over the place. All so, over. 
oh, it drives me nuts. There's nothing more that drives <laughs> me crazy than that. But it's that, a great point. Really. It's a great point. You know, like all, all of your figures have, uh, you know, circles have four points and, and you know, leg yields might mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, I try to break them down into at least three where you start, you know, where are you, where are you on, you know, supposed to hit on the quarter line and then where are you supposed to hit on the wall? You know, like, you know, break down all the movements into as many points as you can to be more um, effective in your in your riding and, and more accurate in your test riding. And when you use the cones or even that idea, you can really identify where the horse is, what aid is not working. Like, yeah. for example, is your horse bending off your left leg? Well, if he's falling to the left or the inside, he's not bending off your inside leg. Or yeah, if with, he's... All, with all these cones, sorry, I, um, no, he would set up two, not just one, like not just the inside cone, but the outside cone as well. So you've mm -hmm. got to be, and you'd make them very narrow and you've got to be right in between them. You know, mm. so you can start with the cones kind of wide, but as you want to get more accurate and as, you know, as, as your circles get more accurate, then, then, you know, get them narrow because a horse, horse is a, you know, pretty, pretty narrow yeah. figure. So you should be really, really trying to be as accurate as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that's a great tip for your end of the end of the year tip. Um, and going into 2020, pay attention to that kind of stuff. It really, really is important. Well, Phil, we have a great book club of the month going on, um, and it is Robert Dover, The Gates to Brilliance. And uh, if you have a chance, last week, he he actually came on the show to talk about the book, and um, Phil and I were really proud of the interview, and he is so interesting and cool to talk to. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to that interview if you haven't heard it, because it's it's a great, great story, and, and it's going to be a really good book. We hope you all really enjoy it. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's uh, Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, The Murdoch Method, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back. We both, Philip and I, wish you a very, very safe and happy holiday season and can't wait to be back in 2022. We hope you enjoy the shows that'll be on the next couple weeks because uh, we have a little bit of a break, but we look forward to talking with you in 2022 and looking forward to another great year here on the Dressage Radio Show. Mm -hmm.